0: Don't look back because the market is closed. Good Friday afternoon, everyone. Kip Herod here with the Daily Viewer Investing Podcast. We've been away for a few days, enjoying our holidays. I hope you have as well. Hope you had a great Christmas, and of course, uh, this weekend, bringing in the new year, right? Have some fun, let your hair down a little bit, and uh, set those goals. Two thousand twenty three is going to be an amazing year. And on that note, I got to tell you, I. I, I, look. This is bias. Okay, this is this is me uh, in my bias. I'm sure, but <clears throat> I don't remember entering a year with more negativity than we're entering 2023. I, d- I don't remember it. Uh, certainly, from a an investor, a stock market point of view, everybody's bearish. Everyone's expecting a recession. You've seen the latest polls. 88 percent of all economists expect a recession. Some of the regions are even higher. Everyone's down in the dumps. It's a horrible year for the markets. Worst year since 2008. It's not that I don't understand it. It's just I'm not buying it. I am bullish on America because I'm always bullish on America. This is the one thing, well, maybe a few others. Warren Buffett and I have this in common. He might have a little more money than I have. Uh, we have a bit of a different investing style, but we agree on this. Never sells short America America always bounces back better than before and I'm convinced that's going to be the case here and I take a lot of uh, umbrage with those that are so negative and I've got a lot of friends in this basket that just think I'm exactly wrong that America's best days are behind us that really bad things are in front of us and that the battle's essentially over i don't ex- I don't accept any of that. And uh, I think the market's going to have a hell of a year this year, this year being 2023. I'll explain that to you uh, in, in more detail. have got some great data on this. Uh, big comeback. I say big comeback. Pretty solid comeback today in the markets. Uh, and let's just kick it off there. Dow Jones today finishing down 73 points. That's well off the lows. Down at one point almost 400 points. Uh, down a quarter percent. Same thing, S p 100. Down a quarter percent. Same thing with 2000, down a quarter percent. NASDAQ had the biggest comeback of all, finishing down just one tenth of one percent. Our leader on the day, uh, down just 11 points with the semiconductors. We started this year telling you the semiconductors are the tell. They're always the tell. Good markets and bad, bull markets and, and, and bull, bull markets and bear. And today, the semiconductors rallied back to finish higher by three tenths of one percent on the day. Hey, we'll take it. It is a win. And uh, I think they're really going to lead the way higher in, in 2023. But this was the worst year for the market since 2008. Here are the hard numbers. Uh, these do not include dividends. This is simply index action only without dividends included. SPX, SP100, finishing down 19.4%. Dow Jones, our winner in the, in the, in the major uh, uh, indexes, down 8.8%. And NASDAQ, down a big 33.1%. When you see stocks like Amazon, it lost $1.1 trillion in market cap. Tesla, $800 billion in market cap. Uh, uh, Elon Musk alone, losing over $100 billion in in net, in net, uh, net worth in, in a single year. It gives you an idea what this was. But folks, again, my view, this is not dot-bomb, this is nothing close to the blow up of dot com companies and the internet stocks of, two, of 2000, 2001. Not even close. Companies today, Amazon, Tesla, the two I just mentioned, so many others that have seen their, 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 their market valuations destroyed 60, 70, 80% or more. These companies are profitable. There were very few profitable companies internet-related companies in 2001, maybe a handful. Everybody else was betting on the future. That's not the case now. Also, in 1999-2000, we had hundreds of IPOs. Many, uh, like, uh, there were more than 100 IPOs in 1999 that on the first day of trading jumped more than 100%, some of these up 200 300%. We've never seen, we are not seeing that, have not seen that environment have not seen that level of froth in this bull market. Remember, this is our—we've had three bear markets in four years. We we believe we just started a new bull market in October, October thirteenth, capitulation lows. We believe, but we never had the froth. Yes, we've had some froth, obviously. Okay, you've had the dot com, uh, excuse me, the the, uh, the the cryptocurrency mania. Much of this based on air. Uh, look, most of these. What not this? This is the dot com right here, folks. This is dot bomb, is what we saw in crypto land. It absolutely has happened there. 99% of these companies and these cryptocurrencies should never have traded in the first place. That hard reality is being felt now. That's why it's likely that Bitcoin's bear market will last for an extended period. This washout has to be thorough, it has to be painful, and it has to happen till there are no bulls left. If you've been following us, we went bearish on Bitcoin at fifty eight thousand, sold Bitcoin at fifty eight thousand last a uh, year ago this month. The reason? The big reason, we could not find anybody that was bearish on cryptocurrencies inside the industry. All the key leaders, everyone was bullish, everybody just knew that cryptocurrency bull market was here to stay, and that it was the new <laughs> store of value better than gold, right? and uh, that uh, it was the, the new kid in town that was going to have all the power. Well, now we see. That's not the case. Never was the case. Frauds like Sam Bankman-Fried uh, point to that uh, reality very clearly. But again, this is not 2008. We This is not 2000. This is not the dot-bomb blow-up. I, I lived and worked through that, folks. I, I remember it well. This is not that. This year... Is also not 2008. We are not in a housing crisis. We're not in a a pre-housing crash. We're not in a pre-financial crisis crash because financials have never been better. They just have never been better, either for corporations or for individuals. As far as balance sheets, debt levels, again, you can't even begin to compare this to 2008. And I'll be candid with you, anyone that tries to should be left out of the room. That they should be left out of the room. There is no comparison to be made. does it mean we won't have a crash next year. It doesn't mean things won't get worse. I'm just telling you right here, right now, there is no comparison. In 2008, we're at the peak of the housing blow up, right? The Fed had raised rates 17 straight times from 2004 to 2006. Anybody that could get a uh, could fall America could get a loan. Okay, that was happening. Shouldn't have happened. It went to the extremes. But a housing correction that should have happened turned into a complete crash for the obvious reasons. The Fed backed away, didn't bail out Lehman Brothers. They really encouraged this to happen. It was a reset that allowed them to take control of so much of, of the United States of America from a financial point of view, meaning Wall Street and the big banks. That's what that was about. Again. It was basically a planned demolition of the U.S. economy and the housing markets uh, led by Goldman Sachs and, of course, all the big uh, uh, commercial uh, money-centered banks that basically created these uh, 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 instruments of, of destruction and then uh, profited from it on the way down. Both long and short criminal history happened, and no one went to jail for it. But again, this ain't that today. Housing market, so much different. Yes, all the news has been horrible. I get it, folks. Housing starts housing, pri- housing starts are crashing. Uh, housing prices are correcting. I get all that. But go back and look at where they were compared to last year. There's no crash here. There's a correction taking place. And the most important thing in housing is what we continue to share with you here. This is so important, folks. It's another reason we don't believe we'll have a recession next year. Homeowners, right, are the bread and butter, the backbone of the U.S. economy. There's no sector more important based on our work and the V.R. investing system than the housing market. Transportation is next. When it comes to housing, housing, uh, homeowners have never had higher credit scores than they have today. Again, nothing like 2008. Homeowners have never had more equity in their home, right at 56% right now, Never had this much equity in their home. Again, nothing similar to 2008. That's the, what's really happening in the housing market. And read our new book, "The Big Bribe," and you'll find out the five, really the five key reasons. Okay, these are the um, these are the reasons why the U.S. economy is going to flourish into 2030. These mega trends that we outline in our book, "The Big Bribe," in, included in that is the key. What we believe for the U.S. economy going forward is the millennial generation. Read about this. The largest down segment of the population, soon to be the wealthiest segment of the population, is they inherit $70 trillion. And, folks, the millennials are actually hardworking. They have great balance sheets. They have very little debt. They have a ton of cash. And they love homes. They love real estate. They love housing. They love investing. And, yeah, they do love cryptos as well. So that's the one knock against them. But they're long-term investors, and, folks, they're entrepreneurs. They get it. They know what makes America work. This bodes very well for the future of this country. And, again, I stand in in, 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 in uh, complete opposition to those that say America's best days are behind us and that we are in trouble. America's best days are in front of us, right the, the 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 good guys are winning. The uh, the country's being red-pilled at an astounding rate. All of this is a big plus. We outnumber the bad guys a million to one. They know it. We know it. It's time to put an end to their charade of trying to turn this country into China or some other form of a globalist, communist, uh, authoritarian rule. We are taking our country back. It's a very good thing. And thanks to the Trump economic miracle, which is still in place, America First policy is still in place. We see no recession next year. We see uh, Joe Biden making a pivot. We see China making a big comeback, helping the global economy. So, again, no recession. Those are some of the big things that we see and we're looking forward to in next year. Come and join us. We'll show you exactly how we're positioned, the ETS we own. Right, the growth stocks we own, the projects we're involved with. Come and join us two, three weeks. Check it out at vrainsider.com. Again, vrainsider.com. I want to share with you now, share with our folks this morning, some really key analytics that point to a big move higher this, this next year. First of all, when the markets closed down 20% or more, and again, we've just under that have 100, and 30, or was it 33% in NASDAQ. Going back to 1950, following a decline of this nature, The markets have been higher 100% of the time of the next year with an average gain of 27.1%. Folks, I think January is going to be big. So that's one piece of data. Again, big, big losses in one year are followed historically by big gains in the next year. We think history is going to hold up there extremely well. Also... And again, this this bodes very well for the next month. Okay, we're starting a new month, right? A new quarter and a new year. Historically, it's a very bullish time, at least in this. We've had spotty years over the last decade or two. I'll give you that. But here's what's not spotty. Again, going back to 1950, the single best month to be an investor in the history of the stock market. Again, go back to 1950. The single best month to be an investor is this January. Pre-election year Januarys are the single best month of the four-year election cycle, with the S P Hundred higher eighty-eight percent of the time, with an average gain of four point one percent, and Nasdaq put up puts up an average gain of six point eight percent. So we're, we believe January gets off to a great start. We think that next year is going to be a very solid year. And I, folks, we've got, we've got so much more in analytics and data I could keep sharing. But you know what? Uh, on a podcast, all these numbers start to run together. But again, we share all this with our members, with our subscribers. Come and join us. You'll get all that on a daily basis. All right. Let's go look under the hood today uh, because, again, the markets made a nice comeback today. So did the internals. Let me do a quick refresh to get it right here. Let me tell you what stood out today. Pretty flat. Uh, advanced decline. Slightly negative, both NYSE and Nasdaq, but just slightly negative. Okay, volume though. Volume for Nasdaq was a positive by uh, almost one billion dollars worth of trading. Okay, that's that's extremely good news on a group that's been terribly hard hit. Uh, NYSE volume uh, slightly negative by about four hundred million dollars worth of trading. Not a huge deal there. An advanced decline, only slightly negative there as well. So a good comeback today. I think a lot of investors are getting ready. What could be a barn burner of a January based on the data I just shared with you? And our sector watch today, uh, this was not as pretty, only because every sector was lower except energy, but nothing was down really big. Uh, our leader to the downside was real estate down 1%, uh, utilities down 9 tenths of 1%. To the upside, only one sector higher. That was energy stocks up 7 tenths of 1%. Oil had a big comeback today. Again, we like this group very much. Let's get into the commodity watch now. Um, Gold today, kind of a quiet day except for oil. But gold today, uh, four dollars an ounce uh, at uh, eighteen thirty an ounce. Silver down seven cents an ounce to twenty four seventeen. Copper today was uh, flat on the day at three eighty one a pound. Again, uh, uh, China reopening, very very bullish for all commodities. We believe, and also bearish for the dollar. Bullish yuan, bullish yen. Again, this is a great setup for commodities into twenty twenty three. Crude oil today again traded down as low as seventy-seven, seventy-one a barrel before finishing sharply higher, up two dollars a barrel at eighty forty-four a barrel. Uh, that's two point six percent move there. Energy stocks again leading the way. Again, that's what we want to see. And finally, on the day, Bitcoin, uh, uh, is it's been at this level for pretty much all year, has it not? It feels like it's longer. Uh, it's obviously had a bad year. Bitcoin right now down thirty-five. At $16,582. bond trading. Remarkable with the frauds, again, like Sam Bateman Freed and FTX and so many other scams that have robbed people of their money. Uh, And yet, this uh, Bitcoin can't seem to break the $16,000 area. Uh, We'll see how it trades next year. All right, folks. Again, hope you had a great 2022. And we look forward to to what uh, lies in store for us next year. And I think it's going to be an amazing 2023. Uh, remember what we think about, we bring about. Let's remember to uh, enjoy every day. Have a great uh, new year. Uh, have a great weekend. We'll uh, Markets are closed on Monday. We'll see you back here again Tuesday after the close. Happy New Year, everybody.